Let's log on to the internet, shall we? It's brought to you by GEICO. you got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online at GEICO.com or stop by the GEICO office nearest you. Let's get it. Number five. five. Wisconsin lost to Illinois on Saturday, Joe. That was, that's Brett Bielema, the Illinois coach, the former Wisconsin coach. A day later, Wisconsin fired current coach Paul Christ. Christ was 67-26 and 26 hmm. in seven seasons. Never had a losing record in the Big Ten. Won their division three times. Won nine games just last year. Apparently, this is not good enough for Wisconsin football. <laughs> and I will quote the AD. Now, they've promoted uh, defense coordinator Jim Leonard, who is considered a bit of an up-and-comer in the business, both on the college and NFL level. This is uh, Chris McIntosh, who is the AD at Wisconsin, a former Wisconsin football player himself. He said, we reached the point today where I felt like it was the right time to make the decision. It's not one I take lightly. But I'm incredibly optimistic that today is the first day of the future of this program. This sounds like maybe they found their coach already, Joe. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a college football program do this. Recruiting matters. Making sure he doesn't get hired away. Sure. Matters. You you notice that. You know what this is? It's the advancement of the coach in waiting. Used to be that you were so high on an assistant in order as an order and in a way to keep them, you would name them the coach in waiting. James Franklin was a coach in waiting at Maryland. How'd that work out? Never got to the finish line. Never actually got there. Now Jimbo Fisher did at Florida State. Florida State, yeah. He was the coach in waiting Super to replace. Messy. <laughs> it was, but, it, but it happened. And he won the national championship. Yeah, it stuck around and it paid off. As we get further away from that, Jameis Winston won the national championship. Jimbo Fisher did a crazy talented roster as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The quarterback evaluation under Jimbo Fisher since then has been a little iffy, right? And who was it that was supposed to? Who was the coach in waiting at Texas? No, it, was it was it Muschamp? Yes, and then that that didn't work out, right? No, he ended up getting another job. Yeah, he ended he, up getting the Florida job. That's believe, right. That's what it was. That's what it was. That was a sequence. So that's that's how it used to be. I'm, I'm saying that for context. Right. So. We've seen two instances here recently, actually three, where schools weren't exactly all that broken up about guys leaving. Ryan Day at Ohio State when Urban Meyer got in trouble. Right. They were like, eh, Urban, it's all good. Go go work TV. We got Ryan Day. And things have worked out for Ohio State under Ryan Day. We saw it with Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame when Brian Kelly decided, hey, man, I've taken this Notre Dame thing as far as I can take it. I'm going to take my family down to Baton Rouge. Now, <laughs> things are interesting at LSU with Brian Kelly. And Marcus Freeman may or may not work out, but they were very confident. Hey, man, we got this young guy. Players like him. We like the trajectory here. We're going to move on. This one's happening like in legit real time where they're going, A, we can see where things are going with Paul Christ, and if we believe in this other guy, we might as well make the move now. You don't think this is ridiculous? I... It is. It is. It is ridiculous. But what I find more ridiculous than this is the amount of money, stupid money, that is going to coaches already this season to not coach. We've seen five Power Five head football coaches get fired so far. They're all receiving buyouts collectively 
over $60 million. The reported buyout for Paul Chris is $16 million. By the way, we're not done. I mean, how many times are we going to hear about uh, the Auburn head coach, like, already fired? Well, they, they have no AD who because the AD stood behind Harson, so they got his ass out. He'll be gone. He'll be gone too. And who, I forgot what his buyout is. So we're we're to me the story is universities who consistently cry about money and how well I mean. And what did we just name it, these schools that are in the Big Ten and the SEC who are about to get a significant bump? How could I mean? How in the world can we just pay players? Well, I don't know. Why don't you take the sixteen million dollars you just told Paul Chris to go kick rocks with and? You know, distribute that. What do you think is actually going to be? What's what's going to help you win more football games? Paying a coach way too much money? Because that's the thing. Can we all not agree that coaches are overpaid in college at this point? For the results that you're getting, oh. they're all overpaid. Well, Mel Tucker is the one who kind of hit the paradigm on Dude, that one. This guy, Mel Tucker at Michigan State, because I was kind of flabbergasted by that deal last year. But to your point, the Big Ten's got so much freaking money that they can just write him a check with no basis for that earning. And he's not alone. There's Mario Cristobal's in the same boat with Miami. We just threw a bunch of money at him. What, what kind of results are you getting in Miami already? You got beat by a Middle Tennessee, co- Middle Tennessee coach who got what? He's getting what? Like a quarter of what you make? So, anyway. To me, the story here is buried in that these universities are so drunk on cash that they're lighting it on fire when they don't. There's nothing that says they have to pay these coaches. What's the war on these guys? Wins above replacement for a lot of these head coaches. You can get the same results at half the price. So why are you paying these guys this amount of money? I don't get it. You know, like with Dave Dorn, right? Let's say Dave Dorn gets a bunch of money from a Big Ten school. It's entirely possible that can happen. If I'm NC State, you go, hey, man, thanks for the memories. Best of luck. We'll go find a replacement-level coach at NC State. It makes no sense to me. Next up, number four. Is our former promotions director, Mike Ewald, going to get slapped across the face with a flour tortilla by our former producer, Jonathan Rand? A lot of formers in there, but yes. 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 Mike Ewald is in the building. He's the true Mets fan here at 99.9 The Fan. Rand left us. Uh, He's working a real job now. Uh, He's a Braves fan. And they swept the Mets over the weekend. And the Braves, who trailed the Mets by 10 and a half games in the NL East back on June 1st, have been chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And they virtually have the division locked up now after sweeping yeah. the Mets. Two-game lead with three games left in the season. So the Mets went from everybody really excited about them to Sir Elton John clowning the Mets at a concert. Here's, uh, here's Elton John at the piano getting word that the Mets just got swept by the Braves. And something that makes me very happy tonight, the Braves swept the Mets. So that's Elton John at a concert in Nashville getting word the Braves swept the Mets. And Elton John, you might not know this, is actually a Braves fan. I was just Googling Elton John baseball fan. Yep. Wait, why? Apparently, Elton John has been a Braves fan. He's had a home in Atlanta since the 90s. He's uh, He used to drop by, uh, according to USA Today, dropped by during the Bobby Cox years, and he apparently still keeps up with the Braves. Maybe he was. Maybe he had TBS on the road, and that's how he watched all the uh, all the Braves, you know? They're in 91. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. You know, he's on the road. He's doing concerts. He's like, all right, let me turn, you know, 
tune in to, to a game and yeah, they're the Braves again on the Superstation. Maybe that's how he became a Braves fan like a lot of other Braves fans. So, yeah, it's not great when Elton John's clowning you at a concert in Nashville. Next up. Number three. Uh, hey, Joe, are you sure the Chiefs are going to miss Tariq Hill? Ugh. <laughs> Man, I hate it when I'm wrong. Chiefs topple the Bucks last night. 41, 31, 41 points. The Bucks had only given up 27 on the season. Chiefs had 28 by the half. Mahomes finishes with three touchdowns. And yeah, Travis Kelsey's still pretty good. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Did you see the touchdown that... I can't even say throw because he, it was more of like this lob. It. Yeah, it was amazing. You know what Mahomes that is to a Clyde Edwards hilarious. So you, you know what that is. You know, there's a in the radio station. There's a big trash can in the corner of the hallway. That's like you and me rolling our chairs out of the cubicle area and just kind of flicking it. It's like a hand grenade, and we usually miss. Of course, he would make it every single time. Oh my gosh! They, uh, I watched that game though, and and, and Mike Tirico kept saying it. Well, the last time he was here on this field was the Super Bowl, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, of all those burned-up tickets I had in that damn Super Bowl, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, Mahomes, really? But he was healthy. He was not healthy in that Super Bowl. No, he was not. No, he was not. Next up. Number two. The Panthers fan base is not healthy right now. Damn near sick of the Carolina Panthers. Yep. So the Panthers welcomed an Arizona Cardinals team that was just as bad as them offensively. And yet it's the Cardinals who walked out of there feeling good about themselves in the fourth quarter where they scored, what, 16 points in the fourth quarter after a relatively close game. Baker Mayfield continues to not be good. They can't get anything going in the passing game. And at this point, you're wondering, what is the point of Panthers football right now? It's not like they've amassed a bunch of draft picks. Uh, They're not a quarterback away from fixing things. And you have to wonder, huh, What's the consistency here with the Panthers' offense? Could it be that the the quarterbacks they've acquired are not good, which would lead to a talent evaluation problem, or the Panthers under Matt Rule, is that the place that quarterbacks go to die? That's where quarterbacks discover, oh, I'm really going to be a journeyman in this league for the rest of my career. Teddy Bridgewater, out of here. Sam Darnold, we believe in you. Former first-round pick. Best practice ever. Gone. Like, you know, he's hurt, and he's coming off the AR, IR, but he's not the answer. And now Baker Mayfield, who had all the excuses built in for him in, in, in Cleveland, by the way. Injuries, dysfunctional Cleveland uh, Browns team, looks awful. What's the consistency here? The head coach. It's Matt Rule. And Matt Rule can talk all he wants about getting things going on, uh, but... You know, he, he was asked the question as to whether or not he started questioning his approach. I would question my approach if I keep doing the same things over and over again and getting the same results. The Panthers are 1-26 in when the opposing team scores 17 or more points. Okay. Which is not exactly asking for a miracle in the NFL. From Josh Norris, who's a fantasy football guru, if you eliminate... Uh, LaVisca Chenault's fluke 67-yard touchdown in Week 3. The Carolina Panthers' defense has outscored the offense over the last seven quarters, 14 points to 12 points. Rule is now 11-25 and 25 since the Panthers hired him from Baylor. So would you second-guess your approach? Here's Matt Rule. Uh, you know, no. Um, 
you know, I, I can understand uh, why that question is asked. That, that's a good question. Um, but, um, you know, no, I, 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 uh, I, all I know is just keep trying to help the team be better. You know, I think, I think we have a good defense. I think, you know, we have, we have good special teams, and they did hurt us with some penalties tonight. Um, and I, I believe in the guys on offense. And so to me, we're just, we're just going to try to correct it, and we're going to come back in and keep, uh, keep working away at it. There's, there's, really, there's really nothing else I can say other than that. Um, you know, we uh, we uh, we have there's play, there's plays to be made there. Um, we're just going to continue to work at it. Oh. So that's Damn. Matt Rule. Yeah, he's terrible. Um, the Chiefs, by the way, I mentioned Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, how good he was. His mm-hmm. rating from that game was 90. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fairly exceptional. Yeah, that's pretty good. Tom Brady, okay, he's a Hall of Famer. His rating in that in the game where he hit 300 yards and three touchdowns was 74. Do you want to venture a guess at what Baker Mayfield's QBR rating was yesterday? <laughs> we got 90 for Mahomes, 74 for Brady. I'll even give you Kyler Murray's was 45. What what would you guess now? Now that you have a full range of what Baker Mayfield's QBR could have been. Something bad. Seven. Seven? Seven. Okay. Seven. That's bad. You know what's good, though? Stephen A. Smith on first take, when talking about the Carolina Panthers, decided to give us a long-lost Petey Pablo raise-up guest feature. I, I, I don't know why this was never put out as a, as, a, as a remix, but here's Stephen A. Smith when talking about the Carolina Panthers and how bad things are for Matt Rule. Here's what he did incredibly familiar with North Carolina or oh, North Carolina. Curtisville, Salisbury, you know what I'm saying? Burlington. I, I, we, I, I, I didn't bring Raleigh, Durham, Greensboro, Charlotte. <laughs> North Carolina, oh, go to stay, raise up. What did he just do? He went to Winston-Salem State. I know. You can't he's, do he's, that. He's, yeah, he's. No, you can't do Raleigh-Durham. No, you're saying Raleigh-Durham. Uh, he was not saying Raleigh-Durham. Uh, hey, let's, hear, let's hear it again. Let's hear it again. Incredibly familiar with North Carolina. Oh, uh, North Carolina. Curtisville, Salisbury, you know what I'm saying? Burlington. I, I, I'm not I familiar with Raleigh, those parts. Yeah, but no, he is. Joe, that is no. No. That was a Raleigh-Durham. No, it's not. That no. was a Raleigh, that is not a Raleigh-Durham. Oh, that, that is not a Raleigh-Durham. That is Raleigh-Durham. Can you can we isolate that? Can we isolate that? Can we isolate that, Victoria? Like, let's get to the Raleigh Durham part. Let's hear it again. We there's a pause there. There's a comma, <laughs> not a dash. There's a pause. There's a comma, not a dash. He did play all of the cities because he goes Kernersville. There's a pa- there's a clear distinct pause. No. Then all of a sudden he gives us a Raleigh Durham. No. No, he didn't. No, 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 no. He did not say Raleigh Durham. He, he said full, Raleigh. He went full Durham. airport on us. No, he did not. I disagree. Can we hear it one more time? No, you got to get all the cities though because all right, here, we got to get one more time. Let's hear the whole thing. Familiar with North Carolina. Oh, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Curtisville, Salisbury, you know what I'm saying? Burlington. Pause. I, I, I'm not familiar with those parts. No, he's starting to pick up. Don't, up. Don't break the TV. Don't break the TV. <laughs> You're gaslighting me right now. <laughs> what are you t- he just picked up the pace. He just picked up the pace. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Let's get to the top story of the day. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. I think I think I think Gilio's just a little loopy because you know he, he he drove all the way out to Clemson. He did the he did the show from a business center in Clemson, and then uh, then NC State went. And, Ruined the whole weekend by losing. We'll get to that next. 99.9 The Fan. ESPN Radio. Listen. Whoa. Watch. Fantastic. Connect. Play 99.9 The Fan. Here's the stories you should follow today on 99.9 The Fan. WRAL Sports Plus and WRAL SportsFan.com. The Carolina Hurricanes are playing tonight at PNC Arena against Columbus Blue Jackets. And Monday Night Football tonight is between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers at 8.15. Coming up within the next 10 minutes, the OG with Joe Ovias and Joe Giglio will be getting to our number one topic of the day. If you want it, got it, got it. If you want it, said you got it. If you want it, take my wallet. If you want it now, jump in the Cadillac. Girl, let's put some miles on it. Anything you want, just to put a smile on it. You deserve it, baby. You deserve it. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obi. If you miss anything from today's show, you can check it out on the best of the OG podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Five stars only, positive vibes only. Although the vibes aren't very positive around NC State right now. Losing at Clemson, I know for our purposes, being in the triangle, that NC State losing is or, or about... Or as Stephen A. would say, Raleigh-Durham. Raleigh-Durham. For NC State losing and being where we are and what we do on a daily basis and who we talk about, it's very easy to just look at it through the prism of NC State and what they did wrong, missed opportunity, etc. But the further we get away from that game, the more I think it's about Clemson. Again, not the popular opinion. I get that. But we have to be honest about how we talked about Clemson and how I think Clemson has... Not put themselves back into that surefire college football playoff contender, but they certainly have uh, laughed at some folks, including me, because I was part of it, that might have been dumping dirt on them a little too soon. Last year going into this year, my argument was, let's not just act like Clemson's going to get right back to it. That they have some questions to answer at quarterback, they have some questions to answer as to who is going to replace Brent Venables and Tony Elliott. And that Dabo hired from within, whether that was the right thing to do. Because what have we talked about with Clemson and Dabo and having the wherewithal to get the right coordinator for what Clemson needs? They brought in Chad Morris. Yep. And saved his job once. Saved his job once. Brings in Brett Venables. Through, turned, turned him into a national power. Threw money at him to keep him there, too. Okay. Highest paid assistant in the country. All right, so you're losing these guys. What's and and you had the year that you had last year. What do you do? Oh well, what's Dabo? Who's going to pull now? How is he going to change things up? He didn't. He hired from within. So there was a little bit of a debate as to whether that was the right thing. And then there was July ACC kickoff. DJ Uyangagale, where he doubled down on his QB, and we all just kind of rolled our eyes. Oh, you know he's lost weight and he's going to get better. Blah 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 blah. Well, in the last two weeks. Wake Forest and now NC State, DJ showing you he's a capable enough quarterback. Now, to your point, Julio, 
Clemson's still not back at that standard that we know in the past. They still have a drop-off at wide receiver. Will Shipley, as good as he is, is he at the level of some of the running backs who have come through Clemson? But here's the funny thing, and the one thing we have to remind ourselves. Clemson might not be at their expert level, but even in their good seasons or potentially great seasons, they're still better than everybody else in the ACC on a week-in, week-out basis. And we saw that Wake Forest where they pulled it out in overtime. They regrouped, and they had a very good adjustment game plan against the Wolfpack. Yeah, first and foremost, they went and looked at the tape from the Wake Forest game and figured out, hey, we we don't have the ability and the talent to play out isolated man press coverage anymore. So they made an adjustment. Mm -hmm. And you got to give Wes Goodwin... Uh, the credit there, and, and Dabo Sweeney, the, co- the the credit there for making the adjustments. You also have to remember, it's that's a proud program. They lost to NC State last year. I was at game day on Saturday, and I was surprised by the number of signs that were directed at Dave Doran. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, why do these, why do they, why are they beefing down? Why do they care so much about Dave? <laughs> but the... You know, the red solo cup, the cigar rubbed them the wrong way. It, it, some of the comments that he's made through the years have rubbed them the wrong way. And when you're when you're on top, you kind of look at that like, well, why don't you just bend the knee? You know? Why, why don't you just be why don't you just understand and appreciate what we've done for the ACC? Sure. Which Dave Doran hasn't done publicly. Uh, but that's the Clemson side of this equation. Their defensive front, even without their best player, Brian Brzee. Did not play in the game. Their defense front dominated the game. They were the difference in the game, in my opinion. For NC State, on their side, it's a disheartening, crushing, unbelievable loss in the sense, not in the sense that you went there in 16 and lost on a kick and you outplayed a team, but in the sense that the game was really 30 to 13 and you were not really competitive in the second half of that game particularly on offense. Your offensive line got pushed around. Your players on the outside didn't make the plays that needed to be made. Devin Leary, I thought, was not the problem. Um, but I also thought, you know, the the urgency wasn't there for me to understand the, the, the dire, the, you know, what the moment really was. I don't think they shrunk in the moment, but I also don't think they understood the moment. And... When you're an NC State fan and you got to go back to 2010, that's 12 years ago, to have a, a something akin to that moment where you're like, you know what? We were right there. We had a chance. Yeah. This is the first time since, I believe, 1979 that NC State went into a season where you said, you know what? There is no reason why NC State cannot win the ACC this year. Well, there's still no reason for that not to possibly still happen. Wake Forest did not beat Clemson last year on their way to winning the Atlantic Division. Right, but that was later in the season while Clemson already had two losses in the league. And Clemson did to NC State. And Clemson did get better as the season went on and yes. we're seeing a little carryover effect this year. But you have to register the fact that even Clemson's best teams that won national championships had a weird game where they lost. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the 16 team lost to Pitt. Let's yeah, let's not forget about the Pitt super weapon activating in Chris those situations, yeah. okay? Or that there there could be an injury that affects the rest of the season. You don't know. You just don't know. So I'm going to be really curious to see how NC State regroups going forward. And I say this important 
for state and a year that actually can still be pretty damn good for them. Look at Wake Forest. They poured it out against the Tigers. Lost in overtime. Incredibly deflating situation. They went on the road to Tallahassee against a spunky Florida State team. It's really easy to just kind of implode on yourself after that. Instead, they had a pretty dominating performance early on in the half and then found what they needed to do late in the game to secure the victory over the Seminoles. Can NC State do that against Florida State this Saturday with the Seminoles coming to town? I have confidence in NC State after a loss. Their track record with Dave Doran has been such in the years where they are good. They always they know how to respond, I, including the, the infamous Jamie Newman game yes. in 18. So that that really is truly Dave's strength. Now, so I'm not worried about the Florida State game. It's more of the Wake Forest can you, game. Can you go to Syracuse? You know, that's a little tough. It's a good matchup for State, but that's still going to be tough. You have Wake Forest. Who you don't want to trade paint with Wake Forest? No, you don't. Your offense is simply not good enough to trade paint and with them. That's my ultimate takeaway from Saturday. We got our definitive answer about NC State and its wide receiver group. They clearly have a ceiling. It's not to say that they can't coach around that. That's not to say that NC State can't still find ways to win, like we saw against Texas Tech, where defense and ball control can be your signature going forward. And there's nobody left on that schedule where NC State can't impose how they want to play that they cannot bend a game defensively to how they want to play. Against Florida State, I mean, they can yeah. do that. But, Syracuse, but they can, can do that. Wake and Carolina have the firepower. They do. And quite frankly, they should have lost to Carolina last year, and they did, lo- they did lose to Wake Forest last mm-hmm. year because they couldn't get the stops when they needed them. Yeah, man, I'm with you on that. And what we say about North Carolina, as we saw against Virginia Tech, to me, that's, to me this past Saturday was more about just how bad Virginia Tech has to rebuild from. We're going to know more about the Tar Heels this weekend against Miami and the following week against Duke. Same thing could be said about Duke as well um, in terms of how they're playing offensively right now. NC State still has a pretty good season ahead of them if... If, yeah, but pretty good isn't great. Pretty good isn't epic. Pretty good isn't once every four decades. New Year's six... New Year's... But again, we we have to be relative to what NC State's history has been, dude. I, I do understand that, but you're suggesting that they have to run the table to get into a New Year's Six game. That also requires Clemson to be in no. the playoff. Think bigger. Think bigger. Second team out of the ACC in the college football playoff with a lone loss being to Clemson. Think bigger, Joe. What do you think I'm burning those candles for? Come I on. You, I think you're burning something else on those candles. Well, that's, uh, you know what? What was it? Arnica? Maybe that's the what Arnica it was. Did have it's the OG. Distinct- 